how I became smartest man in the world, I'm just really, really smart. And I was smart enough to know that if 10 years ago, I started calling myself smartest man in the world in 2020, Google would recognize it. And now if you literally search smartest man in the world, I'm, I'm on the front page. So there you go, kids. <laughs> Start now. Welcome to the podcast. Conversations with startup founders, mentors, and other folks associated with Pi, the Portland Incubator Experiment. I'm Rick Tarosi, co-founder and general manager of Pi, and I'll be your host. Let's get into another slice. All right, so I um, I run my own um, uh, agency. It's a word of mouth marketing sort of sort of creative solutions agency. I um, I believe any problem can be fixed through creativity. I um, I specialize primarily in word of mouth marketing, messaging, branding, um, dig marketing strategy, deal strategy. Um, but the thing I'm most known for is probably, you know, marketing stunts and things like that. Um, reason I'm most known for that is... Today we're talking I, with uh, longtime Pi mentor Saul Colt, founder of the Idea Integration saying, Company. Today we'll be talking about word of mouth, stunt marketing, and how to stand out during this pandemic. Um, so I um, so I talk more about the the fun stuff than than the the boring stuff. Can you just give us the very basic what you mean by word of mouth marketing in in this day and age? Yeah, so word of mouth, you know, there, there's a bunch of you know sort of dictionary definitions and things like that. I strip it down to the basics. Word of mouth marketing is um, usually a little bit more on the inexpensive side of marketing. You're not paying for Google Ads and things like that, but really, when you strip it down to the bare essentials, it's doing really incredible things or creating incredible experiences that are going to get customers or really anybody who's witness to what you're doing to turn to someone else and say, you'll never believe what I just saw, or I just heard the craziest thing. And the reason word of mouth works so well, and the reason it's so important and unfortunately often neglected or not valued is um, when you think of, um, you know, referrals and when you learn about things, um, for some of you on on this crowdcast, maybe you know ten percent of you know who I am, fifteen percent of you know who I am. If I tell you to try something or do something, you probably got maybe a 30, 40 percent chance of actually doing it. But if Rick or someone you absolutely know trust, like no like and trust, KLT, that's sort of the 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 underlying rules of word of mouth. If your best friend or someone you already know, like and trust tells you to do something, the chances of you doing it are 90%. I usually make up all my numbers. That's actually a real number that, that's from all sorts of, um, you know, tests and, and research and, and stuff like that. So the goal of word of mouth is to sometimes it's incentivize. Sometimes it's just to wow people into literally turning to someone else and saying, you got to check out this brand. This product's really great. You'll never believe what I just saw, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, I'm really good at it, but at the same time, it's hard. It's hard for somebody who doesn't have the background to just jump into something like this. And it takes a little bit of trial and error to figure out the nuance of every different company in every situation. So um, when you, you know, if, 
when if you're inside a company and you say we want to do all these cool things, a lot of people will just stick to the stuff they know. It could mm -hmm. be twice as expensive and not as as uh, result driven, but you know it's just like well we'll just you know invest more money in SEO or we'll just buy more paid ads and all these things and that's wonderful. But think of right now, and I don't want to harp on COVID and everything that's going on, mm -hmm. but if you think about right now you would um, absolutely trust your friend over any message that you see um, online from a brand. And uh, that's really why you should be doing word of mouth all the time. It shouldn't be the only part of your marketing. It should be part of your marketing mix. And mm -hmm. uh, But it should definitely be something that you invest time, energy, and uh, and budget into. So give us some examples of for folks who don't know you of campaigns of campaigns you've run or stunts you've run that you're really proud of uh so i'm i'm proud of everything i've ever done because um that's just uh you know i i try not to do anything that i would be really embarrassed by or not um just not proud of it's just not how i i operate but uh taking that to a next level some some really cool stunts i've done um so uh you know um let's see Th this year a uh, a um an ai machine learning company said to me we're going to uh we're going to adobe summit so it was last uh, last calendar year we want to have the best booth in the place what can we do to get people to stop you know we we have a limited budget we're going to be right next to people who have millions of dollars invested in these crazy you know um crazy booths and stuff like that so um you know Everything we do is is really about um, understanding the problem, figuring out a custom solution. It's never, you know, plan A, you know, pull it out of the the Rolodex and do it over and over and over. Um, these people, their their product was that they um, they find lost data inside of servers and all sorts of crazy places, and they you know produce um, revenue and value for companies. So what we created was we built a um, um, a eight foot by six foot server wall it was it had all the lights and sounds and all the things but it was actually a working version of the board game operation so they had giant tongs and your data was stuck inside of the server and you had to kind of pull it out and if you touched the the metal parts of the thing the thing made so much noise it was annoying as, as anything but everybody in the the hall knew about these people people lined up just you know because if you pulled it out you got a t-shirt or whatever mm -hmm. and um and they got way more attention and and people are tweeting about it and all sorts of things um we create experiences that you're probably never going to see anywhere um you know what one of some of my the coolest things i've done i've talked about so many times that they're not cool to me anymore but they're interesting <laughs> to other people but you know like that we were the first um first company to ever use real clouds to promote a cloud-based software. So we did skywriting in San Francisco. To me, it was like so obvious, why wouldn't anybody ever do it? No one had done it before. We got tons of media attention around it, tons of conversations on social. And you know, and a lot of what we do, a lot of the reason people devalue word of mouth and, and things like that is they, it's, it's not as um, instantly trackable as a link or a click and things like that. So, um, you know, over the, the 15, 18 years I've been doing this now, we developed a lot of ways to track what we're doing because my goal <clears throat> always 
is to get you to hire me again and give me more money and be satisfied and, and tell all your friends. Um, I need people to talk about what I do as much as I need them to talk about their product and their brand and, and things like that. So, um, you know, we've created tons of ways to measure this. I know it works. I think that all companies should be doing this. Obviously, that's very self-serving. It's what I do for a living. But, um, you know, it's, it's proven time and time again, like this doesn't replace your your paid and all sorts of things. But, you know, we could keep your PR company busy for years. We could keep mm -hmm. your people talking for years. And it's not always just stunty stuff. Um, for, for FreshBooks, uh, the online invoicing company that yep. I had an 11-year relationship with, I don't, don't work with them anymore, but proud of a lot of the things I've done with them. We created a, um, we created a monthly touring event that I believe has stopped in Portland twice, maybe three times. Yep. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, we create an event, but the basis of creating that event, and like I said, we identify the problem and come up with a solution. The whole idea of creating the I Make a Living event was that, um, you know, FreshBooks in the early days was like a love brand. People were getting the logo tattooed, and, and then all of a sudden it became, you know, very, very profitable, very like revenues through the roof, but people thought of it as like a utility, almost like a Microsoft, and it wasn't, mm -hmm. People weren't falling all over themselves. So um, I was brought in um, a third time. So, you know, three three tours of duty with the company over, <laughs> over 11 years. I was brought in and they said, how do you fix this? Uh, the fact that people don't really care about us anymore um, from an emotional standpoint. They care about us from a product and, and company standpoint. And um, I interviewed a bunch of users. I interviewed a lot of people in the company. And, and I realized that the brands who were using FreshBooks were struggling. There was... A lot of, there's a million places you can learn to launch a company. There's not a million places you could learn to run your business nine months in. And I think that's one of the, the reasons like Pi is so valuable and things like that, but on a different scale. Um, so the idea behind I Make a Living wasn't just, let's go to a different city and, and create a little event. The core idea behind it was it was small business group therapy get a bunch of people in a room, a comfortable place, have a few people on stage kind of airing their their hopes, dreams, and disappointments, and make a, 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 an environment where people could continue the conversation long after we left town. So there was a bit more of a community. And like, you know, I made sure the event happened in Portland because I love Portland. I wanted to see people and stuff like that. But you guys are so far ahead of the game compared to so many other communities as far as like community of startup people who actually care about each other and help each other. Um, there's nowhere that you could really go in so many places. So um, you guys are actually very, very fortunate. And, and that's part of the reason I love Portland is because like, you know, I fit in okay there. It's like, these mm -hmm. are people who actually like are, are in all this for the right reasons and trying to create cool stuff, just like I'm trying to create cool stuff. So, um, but you know, I, I could, I could speak for the next 40 minutes on various <laughs> things we've done and, and stuff, but you know, the, the core the core underlying theme of everything we do is it's either human or spectacle. So we either create really cool things for people, bring people together, or we create really cool things for people to go, oh shit, that's cool. Much of my experience with your work, the like face-to-face -face interpersonal dynamic has been a huge part of the work you do. 
how are you adapting to this kind of new normal that we're all existing in right now? A lot of what I do is bringing people together in real life. So I've I've transitioned into, or I should use, I've pivoted because that's the cool kids uh, speak, but I'm doing <laughs> a lot more. Um, well, one, I'll say a lot of my projects were canceled. So I'm doing a lot more content creation for myself. I'm pitching mm -hmm. a lot more content creation. Um, I, I actually developed it. Like I, I'm sitting on so many cool ideas that I can't get, um, brands to buy into right now because um and and you know this isn't a this isn't a uh this isn't a bad thing it's just an, a reality mm -hmm. thing a lot of people i'm talking to are, are afraid to do anything right now because they just assume they're going to be like out of a job and they don't want to put their name on anything or or risk you know anything risky but i've actually developed a way of creating like you know play family feud on uh on uh on zoom and and uh, Hollywood squares and all sorts of things. Like we're just, we're spitballing crazy ideas to try mm -hmm. to get people to still do interesting things because all these events, you know, a lot of companies are just shutting them off altogether when people like you are still bringing people together and still creating value online. Um, there's so many opportunities to still do some stuff online um, until, you know, sort of the world is ready to go back and, and bring people together. Uh, I've been pitching direct mail to people. I think this is maybe the best time in the world to like, who wouldn't want to like, get something delivered to their house and you know it doesn't have to be a crass you know swaggy sort of thing imagine if you sent like a donut to every one of your customers or something <laughs> like there's so many different things so like i do a really bad job of of even describing what is possible through me like i can go into anybody's company and fix every problem in 15 minutes and see all the errors i'm i'm, I'm very blind to like my own stuff so mm. i'm probably not even pitching what's possible really well uh, i just keep pitching and you know hope stuff thing but i'm not uh waiting and seeing i'm not um you know riding this out i'm very proactive which i think everybody should be um i've been very vocal and opinionated in uh on videos and live streams you know telling people how i feel brands should be messaging right now and what we should be doing because i truly believe that the companies who just wait and see are going to be left out of the conversation and i truly believe that people are paying close attention to companies that are putting their foot in their mouth and mm. are doing awful things and people who are being like deafeningly silent and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot of nuance and I think people are going to give brands a lot of uh, leeway to make a couple, you know, little mistakes, but man, like, I, I don't know if you guys are fatigued yet. I'm fatigued with all these ads that are just like, you know, the, the creative brief is literally, we need a doctor, we need an American flag and, and, and we need a car, you know, and it's, it's like stuff like that. Like I'm all, all, everything looks the same right now. So why wouldn't you take a chance and, and sort of do something a little different? Like the, the littlest effort you're going to stand out from the crowd because everybody's sort of following the same sort of you know pattern right now and it's okay right now but i don't think it's going to be okay in three weeks from now or two weeks yeah. from now so um i'm encouraging people to absolutely not forget frontline workers they're saving our lives they're doing things but like 
donate a bunch of money. Don't, you know, don't, don't make a, a million dollar ad that tells you how much you love these people. I, I'd, I'd much rather a brand and I pitch this as well. I pitch like 25 things a day and it's just like, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I uh, I pitch to people that their their ad their entire campaign should be a black screen that just says instead of spending six hundred thousand dollars on creating a beautifully polished commercial we donated it to frontline workers. And that's another edition of the podcast. Please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast network, and we'd love to see your ratings and reviews. Join us next time as we talk with Nick Lambert, recovering founder about his experience in startups.